Good evening, everyone. Uh, I am excited again, as I shared, uh, about sharing this Word of God tonight. So if you have your Bibles, and you should have your Bibles, uh, go with me to Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19. Now, last week, we came from Philippians 4.13, uh, and that was, again, a word that I highly, highly recommend that you, uh, that you go back and listen to. Uh, on last week, uh, it walked through the, the five stages uh, that really blessed us. Philippians 4.13 was last week. Tonight, we're going to be teaching from Philippians 4.19. So Philippians 4.19 now, I'm, I'm reading from the New King James translation, so it may sound different than yours, but I always pray our understanding is the same when we leave tonight. Uh, Philippians 4.19, many of us know it. Um, so, and, and I want you tonight, we're going to do something different. Right where you are, I want you to read it out loud with me, okay? Here we go. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So tonight, tonight with Philippians 4.19 as our backdrop, as our foundation, tonight we're going to teach... Uh, and it's going to kick us off a series of teachings dealing with supply and demand. Uh, supply and demand. So I'm going to go ahead and say that out loud. Supply and demand. And uh, I'm going to kind of share with you uh, how we got to this, this subject matter. Uh, but again, our subject tonight is supply and demand. And uh, so we're kicking off this teaching. And I want to make sure that you have, you know, get yourself some, a pen, get you some paper, uh, notepad, because um, I'm encouraging you to take some copious notes tonight. I want you to take some very good notes. This is the kind of teaching tonight and over the next couple of weeks, this is the kind of teaching that you can take with you. You can uh, go back to uh, multiple times to really engage with, but also use as the foundation for application in your life. Okay, so I want to encourage you to to take very good notes tonight and next week. You got to be back next week and the next couple of weeks after that. So at least three or four weeks, we're going to deal with this subject of supply and demand. And I want to make sure that you, you, you know, you have what you need because you definitely will be able to refer back to these notes so that you can apply them in your life. Now, to kind of give you a brief history, uh, how we got here uh, in this particular Bible study subject. Sometime last year, I think it was uh, August, September, uh, maybe even October of last year, uh, I, I was pushed, driven by God to go on a, a month-long uh, personal Bible study. And uh, it was centered on Philippians 4.19. And for a month, uh, I was digging into this particular verse. I mean, we, and then I got my wife, Lady Val, involved in it. And we really started drilling down into this verse and started drilling down into this supply and demand subject matter and and I mean we broke this particular verse down to just its smallest morsels uh, so that they could be so that we could chew on them and meditate on them and and again as we we're going to do that tonight we're going to walk through this text and I'm going to tell you right now we're not going to finish it we're only going to do the first portion the first half of this verse tonight uh, as there's so much 
meat and so much richness in this text as it pertains to our subject. And so I definitely want to encourage you to, to be prepared and be, be listening and focused as we teach students tonight. Now, uh, again, we were for a month focused on Philippians 4.19 and the supply and demand. And as I was studying it, as I was going through it, walking through it uh, for that entire month, God began to remind me uh, of my uh, high school uh, learning years. And uh, I, I got to be honest, there were there were a lot of subjects that just weren't good for me. All right. Put me in an English class. I'm, I'm good to go. Put me in a writing class. Great. Put me in speech. I, I enjoyed speech classes. You put me in a math class. We got issues. You put me in science. There's going to be trouble. Uh, you put me in, in other classes like that and I didn't excel and I'd love to hear from some of you what was some of your what was give me one good subject uh, and, and one subject that you, you struggled with in your in your uh, high school years in your formative years uh, for me again anything English writing speech related I was great with uh, anything math science related I I had issues with so I'm, I'm being transparent so I'd love to hear from you uh, in your in a comment section uh, what are some of the, the subjects that you dealt with that were that were you know came easy for you that were good and some that that were that were a struggle? I'm seeing math and science. Okay, I see uh, history and science, and so we, we're seeing we all had that one subject that man we loved to go to because we knew we would do well with it, but we also had that subject that we hated because it was a struggle for us. It was a struggle for understanding, and, and oftentimes for me. Again, being transparent, when I would be in math, which I didn't do well with, which I didn't get along with, when I would be in these science classes, uh, I would often ask myself, you know, what, what good is this going to do me? You know, wh why do I need this in my life? You know, unbeknownst to me, if I had known then what I know now, I would have spent more time, paid more attention, applied myself more in those subject matters. Because look, we all need math. We all need these. The basics of science. We all need these things. And so uh, economics was one of those courses that I I often questioned within myself and out loud. What what do I need economics for? I mean, what, what how am I going to use that? Well, we know economics is the study of money and how money is used in society. And again, had I known then what I know now, I would have taken I would have taken more of an interest in economics. I see Elder Dyke. She said, great with English and chemistry was awful. I, I hear you. Get, get me out of chemistry real quick. Uh, I shared a testimony. I was in uh, college. I was taking an advanced algebra class. And i uh, tell you how, how bad of a relationship Math and I uh, had. Uh, I went in there one, one day. I was in Morehouse College. It was my second semester freshman year. And the teacher issued what he called a pop-up quiz and uh, he handed out the test and by the time I finished filling my name out on the on the on the test sheet I, I closed my book I got up walked up to his desk turned in the test because I didn't take it and I turned in my drop slip I mean that's just how horrible I, I had with math and so that's why I lean on my wife because my wife she 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 does the math give me the English she does the math we're good to go and so I would often question, you know, the the need for classes like economics and stuff like that. But now it all makes sense. Now that I've grown some and lived a little bit and 
learned a little bit about life, you'd learn that some of these subjects are important if you apply them correctly. And so uh, tonight's Bible study is going, you're going to see between tonight and the next couple of weeks how economics and, and some of the principles of economics will come to play in Philippians 4.19. And I pray again, we're listening with our spiritual ears uh, while at the same time grasping it with our natural ears. And so we're, again, we're talking about supply and demand. And we're going to walk through this text now, Philippians 4.19. And Philippians 4.13 is my go-to text when I, you know, when I, you know, need to be encouraged and strengthened. But Philippians 4.19 is that go-to text for me when I need to really uh, be inspired about the provision of God, about how God takes care of us, his people. So let's look at Philippians 4.19, and here's what we're going to deal with. I'm going to read a, a portion of it, and that's all that we're going to walk through today, okay? And this is the portion we're going to deal with today. And my God shall supply. I need you to write that down wherever you are in your Bibles. And my God shall supply. All right? And my God shall supply. That, that, that's what we're going to walk through tonight. And my God shall supply. Okay? Now, get ready, get excited, because again, you're going to participate in this teaching tonight. You are going to, we're going to make some faith declarations at the end. And we again, we're going to say these declarations out loud because your ears need to hear what your mouth is saying so that your heart can receive it and then you can believe it and you can act on it. All right. And so we're going to we're going to start with and my God and my God. Somebody say and my God. Now, here's what I want to encourage you. Again, it says and my God. Everything about the word of God, you have to make personal to you. OK, let me say that again. Everything about the word of God, you have to make personal to you. Okay? Everything about God's word has to be personal to you. Okay? God wrote his word to save the world. God sent his word as a love letter to mankind. But you have to take that word and you have to make it personal for it to work in your life. Okay? Don't use the word of God on someone else. Use it on yourself. Use it for yourself. All right? So again, again, the text starts with, and my God. Somebody say it again. And my God. Make it personal now. Make it personal. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6. And let's hear what the word of God says here. It says, yet for us, there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Now, I got there's something about this text that we got to point out. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6. We got to point this out. It says here again, yet for us, there is one God. Now, it's clear. The word of God says there is one God. There ain't a bunch of them. There's one. All right. 
But there's something about this text that we got to draw out because twice in this word, 1 Corinthians 8, 6, it says, whom are all things? All right. The God, the Father, of whom are all things. And then later on, it talks about in one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things? Through whom are all things? So what are we saying, preacher? What are we talking about, Pastor here? What we're saying here is, and what the Word of God is trying to get us to understand through this 1 Corinthians 8, 6 is, God, everything you need, God has. Let me say that again. Everything you need, God has. Everything you need spiritually, God has it. Everything you need naturally, God has it. Everything you need now and everything you will need in your future, God has it. And I need somebody to say, God has everything I need. I need you to say that out loud. God has everything I need. You got to believe that. You got to believe that. That God has everything that you could ever need. All right? And, and Psalms 23.1. David, David makes this this statement. He backs this statement up. Psalm 23, 1. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want my God. He says, I know who God is. And I know that with God in my life, I shall not want. I know that when God is head of my life, I know that when God is the forefront of my life, then my needs will be met. Oh, glory to God. I, I'm, I'm trying not to get up out of my seat here, but I'm getting excited when I think about the fact that when the Lord is your shepherd, when you know he's God in your life, you know that he has to meet your every need. He has to. When he's your shepherd, he will make sure that he takes care of you. Because God wants to be that preeminent force in your life. God wants to be in that position in your life where you know you need him. When you know you need him, man, God, God activates in your life. God really responds when he knows you need him. And so we know this to be true, but we got to say it out loud. God is my source. Again, we're making it personal tonight. So say that out loud. God is my source. Say that. God is my source. I don't care who's in your house. I don't care who's listening. I don't care if they don't go to church. I don't care if they don't believe. You got to declare for yourself who your source is and God is your source. God is my source. Go ahead and say it. It's okay. God is my source. All right. He is the source. He's not your resource. He is the source. When your, when your job goes away, God is your source and he still provides. And I know we got something to testify to that. When, when your, uh, when your uh, investments begin to fail, all you got to do is look at the stock market. The stock market is failing. But guess what? When God is your source... You don't concern yourself about that. 
you know God's going to take care of you. God is my source. Now, let's go to 2 Peter 1 verse 3. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. Again, we're talking about supply and demand. And we're not going to get past supply today. We're going to deal with demand next week. But we're going to focus today on supply, right? So 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says this. And as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. I'm going to read that again because we got to, we got to catch this. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So this text in 2 Peter 1.3 tells us that God has given us all that we need, both for life itself and godliness. What are we saying? God has already given you all that you need to live this thing we call life, but to also, as you live this thing we call life, be able to live it in a godly way. So he, he both meets the natural need and the spiritual need. My God. He meets God does and he's provided for both the natural need and the spiritual need. When God knows you have a natural need, he makes provision in that area. Then when he knows you have a spiritual need like peace and joy, he makes provision there too. Oh my God. When God knows some of you need to be able to sleep at night, he gives you that spiritual, that godly need of peace so that you can sleep. While at the same time, he's making provision for the natural need because God knows us and God knows that I have to sometimes meet the natural need in order for the spiritual need to be met as well. My God. You know, some people can't hear a word if they're hungry. So what does God do? God provides the natural need to feed them so that they then can then turn around and hear what thus said the Lord. Jesus oftentimes would be speaking and ministering the word of God. And then when the people began to have a need for, let's say they were hungry or whatever, he would take care of that need too. The natural need and the spiritual need. And God provides and makes provision and supplies to meet all those needs. It says here, has, has divine, his divine power has given to us. He gives to himself, he gives to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God already knew what you needed before you knew you needed. And he made provision in anticipation of that need. All right. So again, and my God. All right. And my God. Now, let's look at the next word in Philippians 419. And my God. And then it says shall. Somebody say shall. Say it out loud. It's OK. Shall. Now, I'm going I'm, I'm to walk through some definitions of that word shall. All right. And I promise you, when you hear some of these definitions of the word shall, 
it, it, it will really begin to minister to you as, as I know it has ministered to me. So watch this. The word shall is used to express what is inevitable. Shall is an expression of what is inevitable. Oh, you're going to get that. Or seems likely to happen in the future. So when someone says shall, what they're saying is, is it's inevitable or it seems highly likely to happen in the future. My goodness. You just missed the shall point right there. Here's another definition of shall. Shall is used to express a command or exhortation. It's, it's used to express a command or exhortation. Here's another definition. It's going to bless your life, I promise you. Shall means plan to, to intend to, or expect to. I'm hit you with that one again. Shall means plan to. So, so when the word of God says shall, it says, and my God shall, and my God plans to. Shall also means intends to. And my God intends to. Oh my goodness. Shall means expects to. And my God expects to. Oh my goodness. I, I, I'll preach to myself. That's okay. Shall also means will have to. You ever done something? Uh, not necessarily. You ever done something because you had to do it? Think about this now. The word of God says, and my God shall, and my God will have to. Oh, goodness. Shall also means is determined to. Is determined to. So watch, watch this. And my God is determined to. I pray y'all receiving this right now. I pray you receiving it. Shall means definitely will. Definitely will. And my God definitely will. Are you receiving this tonight? Shall means there you should expect it to happen. And we've got to get to this place in our confidence in God that we expect God to do what he's promising. That we expect God to bless us the way he says he would. We expect God to do the amazing in our lives. So again, we've dealt with and my God. Okay, we made it personal, all right, because God is our source, right? And my God shall, and my God will have to, and my God is determined to, and my God uh, definitely will, all right, definitely will. I don't know about you, but that's where I am with God. I know God's going to do it. I don't know how. I just know he's going to do it. So, so now, so now we get back to Philippians 4.19. We'll get back to Philippians 4.19. All right. Look at what it says here. And my God shall supply. Supply. Somebody say supply. Go ahead and put that in the comment section. Supply. And my God shall supply. All right. This is Philippians 4.19. And based on what we're teaching tonight, talking about supplying the man, Today, we're just going to deal with the supply side, the supply side of God, 
Next week, we'll deal with the demand. That's on us. But this first portion, and my God shall supply, this is God. This is on God. All right? So we're going we're gonna to walk through now this word supply, and we're going to walk through definitions of the word supply that I know, I promise you, if you, if you and we're going to put them on the screen, these definitions, and, and I pray you're listening carefully, write them down, because again, these definitions are going to help us to understand what's available to you, all right? What's available to you? So watch this. Supply is derived from the Greek word plero. It's spelled P-L-E-R-O-O. -O. That's how it's spelled in Greek, but it's pronounced plero, plero, okay? Now, what does plero, what does supply mean? Watch this. Supply means to make replete. Supply means to cram into a net. Oh, my goodness. Supply means to cram into a net. And when I saw that definition, I about shouted because I thought about Jesus teaching the word of God at, uh, at, the, at the shore of the, the river. And then he, he's teaching the word of God. And then uh, fishermen came up and they were cleaning their nets after they had been fishing all night long. And Jesus asked if he could get in one of their boats so he can continue preaching the word of God. He finishes teaching the word and preaching the word and he tells uh, them to launch out into the deep for a draw and, and many of us know the story they tell him man Jesus we've been doing this all night long we've caught nothing but when they said nevertheless at your word at your word they cast their nets on the right side and the word of God says that they began to catch so many fish why because when God supplies he crams into a net and they were catching so many fish that they had to call in their partners, their fishing partners who brought their boats, and everybody's boat was being filled. Why? Because when God supplies, he crams it on you. He crams it into, we know this, that you will not have room enough to receive. When God really supplies, you don't have room enough to receive. And I need somebody to receive that right now, that you make that declaration over your life, that my God, who is my source, will supply so much that I don't have room enough to receive, that he's going to cram into my net so much that not only will it be a blessing in my life, that it's going to be a blessing to my family, my children's children, and my friends, my church family. That's how God wants to supply your life. And so the word supply means to cram into a net. Here's another definition. Supply means to level up. Somebody say level up. It means to furnish. It means to satisfy. Now, I'm going to repeat that first definition. Supply means to level up. I am I'm diligently working uh, the latter part of this morning, first part of this afternoon to finish up the notes to teach this word tonight to you. And, and I get a text from one of God's faithful and, and, and she's, you know, she's shouting in her text message and she's got all kind of clappy hands and all this kind of stuff. And, and she, she puts in her text. She said, I just made the final payment on my truck. Uh, God has provided in such a way that I no longer have a truck note. She said, even in a pandemic. And I'm texting back, glory to God, praise the Lord. And, and we're excited. My wife and I are going to share it with her. And, and she's talking about how God provided for her to make the final payment, supplied for her to make the final payment on her truck so that now she no longer has a truck note. 
receive that for your life in the name of Jesus. This same somebody, the same somebody is in line for a level of promotion. In, in, in the district that she works in, she's in line for a level of promotion. Uh, she's got people above her telling her, go ahead and apply because they kind of already know she's going to get it. That's God supplying. And I think we ought to take a moment and just praise God for what he's done in her life. She's going. I'm not going to tell her name, but we need to praise God for what he's done in her life. Because if he does it for her, he certainly can do it for you. And even in a pandemic, I'm telling you, God is doing some amazing things. Even in this pandemic we're in, where God is blessing, God has been promoting, God has been providing and supplying in ways that have defied human logic. Because that's what God does. And so supply means to level up. And I need somebody to receive this. Even now, God is about to level some of you up. You need to get ready. Get ready for your next level. So what is a coronavirus pandemic? So what? God can do it in some of the most inopportune, unfortunate times. And God is showing himself to do that now. And so supply means to level up. Supply means to furnish. Supply means to satisfy. Oh my goodness. Here's some other, here's some other definitions. Here's some other definitions. Supply means to execute an office. Execute an office. Supply means to finish a period or task. I mean, re repeat that one. Supply means to finish a period or task. God is not finished with you. God is not done. He has not completed his task with you. And so he's still supplying. Supply also means to verify or coincide with a prediction. To verify or coincide with a prediction. What does supply mean? Supply means to complete. Just like finishing a task. Supply means to complete. And God is still completing some things in your life. Supply means to fill up or to make full. To fill up or make full. I sense it. I sense it. He's filling, he's filling many of you up. He's filling many of your households. He's filling you up. He's filling you up. I feel it. I feel it. I see it. I see it. I promise you, right even now, he is doing it. You may not see it in the natural, but if you can receive it in the spiritual, again, we, we saw it earlier. God makes available not only for the things that pertain to life and godliness. So you, if you can receive it in the spirit realm, then you'll start receiving it and walking in it in your natural realm. So supply, supply. It also means to fully preach or to perfect. God is still perfecting you. God is still perfecting many of you. He's using this time to perfect you for something that he's about to level you up to. And see, look, let's not, let's not uh, demean God to just things. Okay, let's just not demean God to the 
things that we see. God is supplying things in your life that can't be seen. Joy, he's supplying it. Peace, he's supplying it. Grace and mercy, he's supplying it. And see, we need all those things even as he elevates us to that next level. So that you'll be prepared and equipped for what you got to deal with on that level. So don't just look for the things that may come from God's supply. Also receive the things that can't be seen from God's supply. All right, because it, what good is it to have all of this stuff and you have no peace of mind? What is it to have all this stuff and you can't sleep at night? What is it to, to have all this stuff and then when trouble comes, you lose, your, you lose control because you can't handle it mentally? And so supply, he supplied. Supply, watch this, is a quantity of something on hand or available. A quantity of something on hand or available. Supply is something that is in stock or in store. My goodness. Here's some other definitions. Supply means to cause to abound. To cause to abound. Supply. Supply means to furnish or supply liberally. It means to render to the full. Are you receiving this? Supply means to fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting. My God. To fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting. Supply means to fill to full measure, to fill to the brim. You know what David said? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Again, making it personal. You know who God is in your life. And you know that he's your source. And when he's your source and you surrender to his provision, you surrender to him being the source, then yes, you will be in a place where you shall not want. I need you to receive that again. And do know this about God's supply. I need you to write this down. I need you to, need to keep this close to you. There is no end to God's supply. I need you to say that out loud. There is no end to God's supply. There is no end to God's supply. You can't tap God out. <laughs> God's supply will not run out. You can't, you can't ask for too much of God. Now, what, uh, when you, I know many of you uh, remember this. When, when back in uh, mid, late March, when this pandemic really started you know, spreading and catching hold around the country and the world, uh, I, I don't know about you, but we, we experienced this a couple of times where we would go looking for basics to supply in our house and many of those basics were out shelves were empty we uh you we many of you know this there was a run on toilet paper where you could you couldn't find it there was a run on on certain foods and meats and shelves were being empty paper towels 
shelves were being emptied. And it didn't matter if you went to multiple stores uh, across the metro area and even across the country and across the world, supply was running out. Can I tell somebody tonight, there is no shelf in heaven that will run out. There is no shelf in God's heavenly store that you can replete till there is none. Because there is no end to God's supply. And I need somebody to say that out loud. There is no end to God's supply. There is absolutely no end to God. God will not run out. God cannot run out. God has way more than enough than any of us could even ask or think. All right, so watch this now. Let's go to Psalm 34. I pray this word is ministering to somebody tonight. Psalm 34. Let's look at verses 8 through 10. Verses 8 through 10. Psalm 34, verse 8 says this. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. All right. I, I got to ask this question. Do you trust God? In this season, do you trust God? All right. Because it says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. All right. Look at verse, verse 9. Psalm 34, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Now, now this text isn't talking to the world. This text is talking to us, the believer. It says, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Are we getting this? There is no want to those who fear him. What this says to us is God's supply can put you in a place where you want for nothing. God's supply can put you in a place where you want for nothing. When you put your trust in him, when you fear the Lord. So now, Look at verse 10, Psalm 34, verse 10. Look at what it says here. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those that seek the Lord shall not lack anything. And so, let me, let me got to share this with you. Seeking God, who is your source, who is the source of your supply, leads to one not lacking any good thing. So are you seeking God? Are you, do you, are you, is your fear of the Lord, your reverence of the Lord in place? Because if it is and you are seeking God, guess what? It will lead to you not lacking any good thing. My God. There's proof in the word to back this up. In uh, uh, Genesis, go Genesis chapter 1. Two instances we're going to see in Genesis, uh, both with Adam and with uh, Noah, that God proves that when you trust in him, uh, you'll lack for nothing. You'll lack for nothing. So Genesis 1, verse 29 and 30. We're going, we're going to look at that first. And man, it's all, it, man, we are running.
time is running out, but we're going to get through this word today. Genesis 1, 29. Look at what it says here. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. All right, look at verse 30. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. So we see here, God tells Adam, I've already prepared, I've already supplied for your every need. All right. So, so watch this. God, who is your source, has already made provision for your every need. He's already made provision for your every need. God knew and predetermined what your need would be. And God made supply available for that need in advance. You can go ahead and shout right there. You can go ahead and give God praise right there on that note. He already knew what you would need. And he supplied for that need in advance. Goodness gracious. So that's what he said to Adam in Genesis 1. Now go to Genesis chapter 9. We're talking about supply and demand. And we're only dealing with the supply side today. Next week, you've got to come back next week. Because we're going to deal with the demand side. This is God's side. This is the supply side. But next week, we're going to deal with the demand side. That's where we come in. Okay? So watch this in Genesis 9, verse 3. Look at what he says to Noah. After the great flood has taken place, look at what he says to Noah. He says, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. Here it is. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. I'm going to repeat what he said to Noah. I have given you all things. Someone needs to receive this tonight. God has given you all things. I need somebody to say all things. Now, I don't know if you noticed it in Genesis 1, 29, uh, and verse 30. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it or not. Uh, but God didn't say, I've given you a couple things. He didn't say, I've given you one or two things. He says, no, I have given you all things. I need somebody to shout all things. God has already supplied all things for you. He's already supplied all things for you. It's already been prepared for you. It's already been set aside for you. All things. All things. Now, let's go back to Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19. We're now going to put all these, all these components of what we've dealt with today. We're going to put all these components together. And then, again, we're going we're gonna to walk out tonight, walk out this Bible study tonight, uh, making faith declarations. And I promise you, uh, I, I, we're going to put these faith declarations uh, on the screen. We're going to take our time uh, as we declare them out loud. Again, because your ears need to hear what your mouth is saying so that your heart can receive it and it can take root in your heart. Okay? So, we're going to walk through... Uh, these different definitions and what we know about uh, Philippians 419 
and then we're gonna we're gonna walk into our faith declarations. So so watch this now. Philippians four nineteen says, "And my God shall supply." All right, and my God shall supply. Okay, so God wants to be in that position of prominence in your life, right? So that he can be the one that provides and supplies for your every need. All right, so I need you to say this with me. My God plans to, intends to, expects to supply or make replete or cram into my net. My goodness. Say that with me again. My God plans to, intends to, expects to supply or make replete or cram into my net. Notice now we're making it personal. We're making it personal. Because if he's your God, you got to say my God. All right. So, so we're getting ready for the next one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through it and then we're going to say it together. My God, who wants to be the one that I need and rely on for all my needs, will have to or is determined to execute his office to furnish and or satisfy my every need. So we're going to say that together. You repeat after me. My God will have to or is determined to execute his office to furnish and satisfy my every need. Say it out loud. My God will have to, is determined to, execute his office to furnish and satisfy my every need. My Lord. Are y'all feeling that? Are y'all feeling I'm feeling it. Are you feeling it? All right. Here's the next faith declaration. All right. I'm going to say it first, and then you'll come behind, and we'll say it together. You'll repeat after me. It basically says, my God says it is inevitable, seems likely to happen in my future to finish the period or task of completing, filling up, or making full my every need. All right, so repeat after me. My God says it is inevitable or seems likely to happen in my future to finish the period or task of completing, filling up, or making full my every need. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. I'm going to give you a chance to finish that one. Then we got, we got a couple more. We got a couple more to go. Got a couple more to go. All right. God says it's inevitable. God says it's likely to happen in your future that he's going to finish the period or the task. And he's going to completely fill up. My God, he's going to completely fill up and make full your every need. All right. Here's the next one. Say it after me. My God, who is my source definitely will cause me to abound. My God, who is my source, definitely will cause me to abound. 
No more just enough. We're talking more than enough now. My God, who is my source, definitely will cause me to abound. Get that one. Let that sink in because we got, we got about four or five more. All right. Here's the next one. My God, who is my source, definitely will furnish or supply liberally. My God, who is my source, definitely will furnish or supply liberally. We serve a heavy-handed God. My God, who is my source, definitely will furnish or supply liberally. I need you to say it out loud so your ears can hear and your heart receives. All right? And we're declaring what Philippians 4.19 is saying. All right? Here's the next faith declaration. My God, who is my source, will render me full. My God, who is my source, will render me full. Say that with me. My God, who is my source, will render me full. That means you have more than enough. We got, we got uh, two more. Two more. All right, you ready? Here's the next one. My God supply will fill to the top so that there is nothing I should want. All right, say that with me. My God supply will fill to the top so that there is nothing I should want. My God supply will fill to the top so that there is nothing I should want. That when God gets done, you, you will not have a want. You will not, all your needs will be met. You will want for nothing. All your needs will be met. And then the last one, our last declaration here. We're talking about supply and demand. We're only dealing with the supply side tonight. Well, watch this final declaration. My God's supply will fill to full measure, will fill to the brim all that I all that I will ever need. I stumbled a little bit, so I'll repeat that one. My God's supply will fill to full measure will fill to the brim all that I will ever need. All that I will ever need. My God supply will fill to full measure, will fill to the brim all that I will ever need. Praise the Lord. Again, Tonight kicks off a teaching dealing with supply and demand. All right. And we only dealt with the supply side. And again, hear what Philippians 4.19 says at the very onset. It says, and my God shall supply. And I need you to receive that. Make it personal. That the God I love, the God I pray to, 
the God I serve, the God I worship, the God that not only cares for me, the God that not only saved me, is the God ready to supply my every need. That he is, he, he's already made available to me all that I could need and will need. Supply and demand. Come on, give God some praise tonight. Give God some glory. Hallelujah. I need somebody to put in the comment section. I need somebody to shout, my God is the source of all of my supply. My God is the source of all of my supply. Go ahead and give God the glory and the praise right now. And I'm promising you that, that when you make these faith declarations, and look, don't just write them down for tonight. Make these your daily confessions every night. Make these confessions because the more you the more you lift God up and the more you proclaim that he is your source and that he supplies your need, I promise you, it doesn't matter about somebody's pandemic. I promise you, God will make a way for you in your life and he will provide for you in ways that man won't be able to explain. So again, we thank God for each and every one of you for uh, for watching tonight. And we want to extend invitation that maybe again, somebody that that uh, does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and you want to uh, give your life to Christ tonight uh, and you want to be on the right side of this supply of God, we encourage you to, uh, we extend invitation for you to come give your life to Christ. We know there are a lot of people that are watching across the, the city, across the state, across the world and uh, across this country and so we never assume that everybody is saved. So Romans 10 and I said if you confess with your mouth, again, you have to say it so that your ears can hear it and your heart perceive it. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, the word of God says, then you'll be saved. See, we're, we're talking, and that's why the last couple of weeks we've been dealing with confessing. Confession, because confession uh, seals the deal when it comes to God. You got to say it. You know, you got to just, don't just think it. You got to be bold enough to say it. And so, we encourage you, if maybe you're already saved, but you're seeking a church home and, and you've been you've been watching and tuning in and, and you've you already claimed me to be your pastor, well, let's make it official. Text that word JOIN uh, that you see on the screen, JOIN, 770-415-9992. Let's just make it official. When you text that word JOIN to that phone number, you'll be sent a link for some uh, primary information. And then once you fill out that information, uh, we'll send you some follow-up information so that we can just go ahead and make it official. Because I, I, I am your pastor. I want to continue to be your pastor. I want to continue to speak words of life into you. And so we encourage you to text that word JOIN to 770-415-9992. Also, if you want to be a blessing uh, in the form of tithes, offering, and seed, we want to prepare to do that now. So before we uh, give uh, through the various ways that we're going to share with you, Let's lift up our tithes, offering the seed before the Lord. Father, we thank you for, again, another word tonight that encourages us, strengthens us, reminds us, Lord, of just who you are in our lives. Thank you for your word. Thank you for those that have heard your word. Now, Father, we now prepare to worship you in the form of our giving of tithes, offering the seed. We ask that you bless it and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, so there's multiple ways you can give. Uh, we have a cash out. Uh, profile you can give that's dollar sign voices face south dollar sign voices face south you'll see that popping up on the screen 
You can also give through the Zelle application, and our information there is info, I-N-F-O, at VoicesFaithSouth.org, info at VoicesFaithSouth.org. You can also give through our website. Go to www.VoicesFaithSouth.org, click on the Giving tab, and then you'll see Givelify and Tithely are two options there. Uh, they're highlighted in blue. And you click on either Giverify or Tithe. We have profiles on both of those platforms as well. You can give by way of Givelify or Tithe. And you can text in your giving. Get your phone out and text giving. Uh, that's 770-212-3757. Now, what you do with that is, you do, like, let's say you want to give an offering. So what you do is type in the number. If, let's say you want to give a $1 million offering, and I receive that's going to happen. You type, just type in the number, $1 million, and then uh, space offering. Or let's say you want to give a thousand dollar tie. You type in thousand. You don't need commas. Just one thousand. Then space tie, and then hit send. And then if you have not already done so, a link will be sent to you for you to enter your banking information from there. So that's seven seven zero two one two three seven five seven. Or you can simply mail it in to thirty eight ninety four Highway eighty one West in Hampton, Georgia three zero two two eight. We appreciate however you do it. We thank you for. Uh, whatever size gift you give, uh, no, no gift is too small or too large. Uh, we again thank you for anything that you give as you help us to continue to get the word of God out to all those across the country and across the world, literally. So we thank you in advance for that. Again, you, if you still haven't done so and you want to, give toward our building campaign. That is available to you through all these different forms as well. Uh, if you throw in a particular amount, just make sure that you label it uh, building or building fund, and then we will allocate it specifically for that. And so we thank you for that as well. I pray again tonight was a blessing to you that the word ministered to you as it has ministered to us. you got to be here next week now because you just can't get the supply side. Now next week, we got to deal with the demand side. And so we definitely want to see you next week, next Tuesday, with your notes, with your paper and pens, ready to take good notes as, uh, again, we're going to deal with how we play a role in the supply and demand with God and, and what we're supposed to do and what's expected of us. We love you. We miss you. Uh, virtual hugs for myself, my wife, Lady Val. Miss you dearly. Miss seeing you. Miss your hugs. Miss all that. But we have to be wise and make sure that we continue to do what's right for it. not only uh, your safety, but for all of us concerned. Continue to lift up our country and our, our officials, our government officials in your prayers. Uh, as we continue to, you know, work through this this uh, pandemic situation, we're going to close. Join us Sunday, 10:30 a.m. 10:30 a.m. God has got a word. God's got a word. I'm hearing from God. I'm a, uh, see y'all special. So I'm going to tell you Sunday's title is Past Assault. Past Assault. And so I'm excited about the word that God has for Sunday. So you need to tune in Sunday at 10:30. Let us close in prayer. Father, we give you honor, glory, and praise for again this hour power. Thank you for your word tonight, Lord. Thank you for reminding us of just who you are and the supply and the provision you've made for us. Father, we thank you for those that heard your word. We thank you for those that received your word. And Father, we thank you for those that are going to run with your, your word, act on your word. Father, we pray, Lord, that as we uh, leave this Bible study, Lord, that we know we never leave your presence. We love you and we thank you for all that you do. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. Take care and God bless.